Are you happy? Are you depressed? Are you angry, grieving, excited, motivated, tired, hungry, proud? Are there parts of your life that feel like they are finally balanced and right where they should be? Are there aspects that have been knocked off balance and you are fighting to straighten them out or have decided to just give up on them? The only consistent thing in life is that things will change. Not soon enough is what you might say if you just found out your annoying coworker is finally changing jobs. And no, 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 don't change is probably your thought if you've just gotten the job of your dreams. I'm Kate, and this is the Kick-Ass Life Project Podcast. Thank you for being here today as we talk about change. Change is all around us, and let's face it, it can be downright scary and frustrating. When we want to change, we struggle. And when we don't want to change, it sometimes feels like we don't have a choice. Plus, haven't we all had enough frickin' uncertainty lately? <laughs> like the last two years, hello, global pandemic. The idea that the rug could get pulled out from under us at any moment is honestly just a downright sucky feeling. And we sometimes start living our lives in this desperate attempt to stop change from happening. Unless, of course, we don't like what is happening in our world and then we can't wait for things to change. In that case, we love change. So if it is possible to love change, even if it's only change that leads towards stuff we like, then it isn't necessarily change that's the problem. It's usually the feeling of not having control over the change that bothers us. So let me put you at ease. You have never had that sort of control. <laughs> Do you feel better now? <laughs> I'm guessing probably not, so I'm going to keep talking. We can definitely influence some things, but what we have direct control over is probably not the stuff we think we are controlling. And sometimes I think it is easier if we think less of, cha of things changing and think more of things evolving. There might be something that we think couldn't possibly be better, but then it evolves and it turns out it can be better. And there may be changes that we've resisted, but then when they come about, we find positives in that evolution. And yes, there can absolutely be changes that rock us to our core and make us want to have control of time so that we can go back and have a redo or just have more time. Now, I'm not going to say that even those changes have a silver lining. They might, but I'm not going to say that because depending on the change, that can sound dismissive of the huge part that is not the silver lining. I am going to say that even within those raucous to our core changes that we don't want to happen, it's often when we change that we evolve. When you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what the storm is all about. That's a quote from Haruki, Marikumi, Mur Haruki Murakami. Sorry, <laughs> Haruki Murakami. When you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what the storm is all about. And honestly, how boring would life be if we didn't ever change? 
Would you still want to be who you were at five years old at 15? Would you want to be 10 years older instantly? Or do you want the chance to live through all the changes that will create the person that you evolve into 10 years from now? Now you might be thinking, well, that all sounds flowery, Kate, but what if those changes evolve me into someone I don't want to be? And to you, I say, the good news is that things always change. If you changed once, you can change again. You'll never be exactly the same person from moment to moment. And you can never go back to being, being exactly the person you were years ago. But you can change. And I'm going to walk you through the six stages of change so that you can recognize where you are on the wheel and hopefully make intentional change easier. Can you imagine that? Intentional change being easier? Hopefully this podcast episode will make that a reality. Now first, I do want to go over things that we can control and things we can only pretend that we control because having an idea of what fits into those two different categories can be really helpful. There's actually three different categories and you can probably Google images of this. You're gonna search for something called circles of influence or circles of control. Now it's usually pictured as three circles layered on top of each other. And at the very, very center, we have the smallest circle and that is our circle of control. Inside that circle, we find things like our mood, our effort level, our work ethic, our thoughts. I have a whole podcast episode called Ants, Automatic Negative Thoughts, that can help you with thoughts if you just laughed when I said you can have control of your thoughts. So if you feel like, no, my thoughts are completely out of control, go back and listen to that podcast episode. Other things that we have actually do have control of our words, our actions. You get the idea, right? The circle of control is all about you. And then there is a circle that kind of surrounds our circle of control, like an outer edge rim, but it's actually in the middle of the three circles. So that next layer to the circle that surrounds our circle of control is our circle of influence. So this is things that we can put energy into in the hopes that it will bring a certain result, but we don't necessarily have direct control over that result. So things like other people's thoughts or actions, how someone might feel about us. So again, we can put effort into how we treat someone in the hopes that that will influence how they respond to us or think of us, but we can't actually control their thoughts or actions, right? Things like a job promotion. So again, my work ethic ethic, and my effort level might influence whether I get a job promotion, but I don't actually have direct control of that. My children's future, who follows me on social media, where I work, how healthy my relationships are, these are influenced by the things that we do have control over, but they're only influenced by them. We can't actually have direct control over the outcome because that is dependent on 
other people. And so far, we can't control other people, <laughs> which may sound in theory. I know I've certainly had times where I have really wanted to have control over someone else. But the thing that really makes me think, no, no, that would not be a good world is because that would mean other people could have control of me. And personally, I want to be in charge of that inner circle, that circle of control that is all about me. Okay, so things like how celebrities might act, things like how much stock of your favorite toilet paper the store has on any given week, things like whether or not the buses are running on time, things like how the sports match that you're watching turns out, the weather, things like your past choices, your past behaviors, things like getting laid off because your company goes under, things like where you were born and into which family you were born, other people's crappy driving, the threat of war or pandemics or death. Those things are way beyond your circle of control, way beyond your circle of influence. Those are things that we call your circle of concern. So that's the, if we're imagining this, the little circle in the middle is our circle of concern, or sorry, circle of control. The next level layer out is the circle of influence and the final outer edge layer is the circle of concern. Things that, yeah, we might be concerned about, we might have good reason to be concerned about, but our influence over them is non-existent or minimal. So either way, when it comes down to it, your energy is not going to good use when you are focused on trying to change the things that are in that outer edge circle of concern. So when you look at these circles, circles of control, circles of influence, and circles of concern, where is most of your energy going right now? And can you imagine how your world and your experience of life might change if you redirected more energy into your circle of control? your reactions, your thoughts, your behaviors, your attitudes. So that's what the six changes, six stages of change will help with because self-growth, aka changing ourselves on purpose, is hard. It's usually things like we want to be more patient with our kids or our spouse or our employees, or we want to be healthier, or we want to feel more confident all great things. And we might start out with some anxiety or some excitement about making that change and eventually settle into a mindset of, damn it, things are going to change. And then boy, do they change. The internal turmoil goes from wahoo to fear, anger, guilt, blame, depression, denial. And sometimes we dig in and sometimes we quit. And very, very often we peter out and find ourselves six, six months later recommitting to the same changes over and over. Now, if you have experienced change like that, congrats, you are normal. So normal, in fact, that there is literal scientific stages of change models that are taught to fitness instructors and counselors and many other agents of change so that we can help people navigate change better. Like literally this happens so much and to so many people that, that we have studied it scientifically and we know what's going on and we have 
six stages of change that we can say are very normal to go through when you purposely commit to making a change. So as a fitness instructor or a counselor, those type or any other agent of change, do you like that agent of change? <laughs> we are in your circle of influence. So we might have influence over you, but ultimately we don't have direct access to your circle of control because again, you can't control other people. And aren't you kind of glad that that is an area that is completely for you? Okay, so let's get into the nitty gritty about change and your circle of control, like where you have that power to change, to have direct control over the changes about you. Again, can't necessarily change world peace, but we can change us. Again, not easy. Not saying it's easy, but knowing these stages can make it easier. So let's look at stage one. Stage one is called pre-contemplation. And the best way to describe this stage is no, just no. This is the stage where according to you, there isn't a problem or you just have zero awareness of the problem. If you are aware, you just don't believe it is a problem. Just no, i.e. the amount of time I sit at my desk has nothing to do with my back pain. That's what pre-contemplation might sound like. In pre-contemplation stages, time spent sitting is not a problem I'm going to say this is an imaginary person because I'm not saying this is what you are thinking, but this person that thinks the amount of time I sit at my desk has nothing to do with my back pain, they're in a pre-contemplation stage. They might say things like, I don't need to move more, or I can't afford the time away from my desk, or I am never going to go to the gym. If someone is in this stage of change, honestly, there isn't much we can do or that they can do. We can say, that's fair. I just read a study on walking, how walking helps back pain, and I thought it might be helpful. Let me know if you decide you'd like to read it. We could say something like that to a friend, but we're not going to change their mind because we're not in their circle of control. Their thoughts, their actions, their beliefs, all on them. Acceptance, if we're on the outside of that, acceptance is a huge thing here. And Really, if you are the person in that pre-contemplation stage, it's kind of hard to say have acceptance because, again, in, in your world in this stage, there isn't a problem to have acceptance of. But if you're looking back on a past version of you and you can kind of see like, oh my gosh, I was in complete denial or something, have acceptance of that that's who you were at the time and that's okay. Planting seeds is what we can do for other people, but they may take a long time to grow if they ever do. So again, acceptance. It's unlikely that someone in this stage is going to become aware of a problem without some sort of outside influence because it's very unlikely they're gonna be searching for answers on their own. So as I'm talking about this, can you think of a time when you were denying a problem only to later start trying to change. If you can think of those times, that's pre-contemplation. We've all been there. 
once we become aware, we're rarely able to unknow what we now know. But we can go back to pre-contemplation in the sense that we deny we have the problem. So it might sound like, I know sitting forever isn't good for people, but I get up from my desk and I stretch twice a day and that's good enough. Sitting too much is not my problem. So again, the person's answer is no. Stage two is contemplation. So we have pre-contemplation, then we have contemplation. This is also known as maybe. So at this point, someone is aware of the problem, but still doesn't really have an intention of changing it. it might sound like, I know I sit too much, but I have no idea how I can change that. And even if you were to present ideas to this person, they're going to be very resistant about them. People at this stage usually see the pros and cons of their situation, but feel very uncertain about whether or not they can change or whether or not they even want to change. At this stage, we can help someone or ourselves by accepting both parts. The part that thinks change might be a good idea and the part that thinks staying the same would be better. We might say something like, so a part of you thinks moving would be a good idea, but another part of you thinks it would be too much effort. It's a maybe, and it comes with a change in knowledge. So how do we get from pre-contemplation to contemplation? There's a change in our amount of knowledge. Step three, or sorry, it's not steps, stage three, because these are not steps that we necessarily just, on December 10th, I'm gonna be in preparation stage, which is stage three, by the way. We, we don't just decide these things like that. They are stages that we go through fluidly and we move in and out and backwards and forwards. They're not logical steps that we just decide on this date, I'm going to <laughs> have this change in my knowledge or have this change in my attitude because that is how we get from stage two contemplation to stage three preparation is a change in attitude. So stage three preparation, this is committed to finding a way. We are committed to finding a way to change and this is a really easy stage to get stuck in. We can get stuck researching types of movement, buying workout clothes, but not actually moving more yet. <laughs> There's a lot of talk around in a, in a preparation stage that sounds like, I can't wait to start and why the hell not? So there's a commitment that comes from an attitude change, but nothing's actually changed yet. And that's where stage four comes in. So stage three could be a very quick stage, or it could be one we get stuck in for a long time. Stage four is action. Action means there's a behavior change. This is the actual doing. And it's usually where all the emotional turmoil comes in, where things start to go from woohoo, I'm excited, to after a while of the action, maybe not so feeling so good about it. So like we're setting an alarm to get up from our desk every hour. That could be a behavior change. We're going for walks after work with friends or getting up earlier to do a workout. These are behavior changes. And again, obviously, this is where the obstacles crop up and the chance of relapsing goes up. So I want to talk about relapse. It's not enough. It's not like one of the 
six stages, but it is a natural part of the whole cycle of change. It can come really at any part. It tends to happen during the preparation, stage three, the action, stage four, or the next stage that we'll talk about, which is maintenance. Relapse is a very natural part of the change process. Relapse is when we fall back into the old habits and potentially we say things like, meh, I didn't see that it was making that much of a difference getting up every hour anyway. Relapse is natural and normal. And every time we spiral back up into the stages of change after a relapse, we are spiraling back up with more knowledge, with more experience. So in an action stage, stage four, for example, we're talking in the present tense. We're saying things like, I am getting up every five minutes. Sorry, not I'm getting up every five minutes. That would be ridiculous. I'm getting up for five minutes every hour. And twice a day, I go outside to get some fresh air. I have some weekend walking dates planned with friends this month. So we're, we're talking about things we are actually currently doing. But it is really important in this stage to not be expecting perfection from ourselves, to be allowing relapses, if they happen, to happen. To allow those relapses to teach us and motivate us rather than derailing us. And then we can move into stage five, also a place where relapses can happen. Stage five is maintenance. So this is where we've actually established a routine, like we're kind of getting into the groove, but we are still working out the kinks. You can think of a maintenance stage as continuing. We might be saying things like, this is harder than I thought, and it's going to take some getting used to, or I did not realize that XYZ would happen, but I want to keep going. So again, there's a really good example of like something might have happened that's kind of derailed us and we had a momentary relapse, but I want to keep going. I'm going to spiral up from that relapse back into one of the stages of change. If we're not saying really eloquently hopeful things like that, <laughs> we are probably relapsing. Again, totally normal. If you recognize the relapse for what it is, it's actually easier to accept it, understand it, um, forgive yourself for it, and spiral back up into um, preparation or action or maintenance. Once you get good at recognizing all the stages, you could technically go through an entire change cycle, including relapse, a few times a day. You could go right from contemplation through to <laughs> maintenance with all those different stages in between and a relapse or two. You could do that in a day. You could do it a few times a day. It's the key to is remembering that you aren't doing things wrong. In fact, you are doing things exactly as predicted, exactly as we know happens and is normal for humans trying to change, which means that we can also predict that if you do keep coming back into this, the cycle of change with more knowledge, with more experience, you will eventually reach your goal. It's like having unlimited lives in a video game, as long as you're willing to make another attempt.
Now, you might be thinking, stage five maintenance, that's got to be the last stage, right? I mean, I know you said there were six stages, Kate, but I think you're wrong. What could possibly happen other than continuing? Like, what is there beyond continuing? So, no, some of you might be thinking, well, the next stage is that be 1% better than yesterday. No, that's a whole other rant podcast, because if you know me, you know that I believe you work with the person you are today. Today, you might be facing different challenges than you were yesterday. So a straight linear climb upwards, not reasonable. And not how change actually happens. Change is a very messy ball of yarn all over the place, up, down, around, backwards, forwards. That's change. 1% better than yesterday is very unrealistic. And if we keep telling people that we tell, we do tell people that, right? That change is not a linear process. We say that. So then why do we also say and expect people to go on a linear progression of just be 1% better than yesterday? Mixed signals doesn't work that way. So no, the final stage of change is not to go back on everything I've ever said before. The final stage of change, in my opinion, is actually terribly named. It's called termination. <laughs> sound, doesn't sound optimistic and hopeful. Doesn't sound like a goal to reach for, right? The last stage of change, stage six, termination. That's where I want to get to. <laughs> Terribly named, but that's what it's named. What it actually means, though, is that this new behavior is now a routine part of life. It's where we don't even think twice when we say something like, Sorry, I'm going hiking that day. How about another time? It doesn't mean you are perfect, and it doesn't mean that motivation flows without effort. But it does mean that this thing has become a part of who you are. Now, it could take years to reach this stage, and that's okay. All the stages are important. And at different stages of your life, you may have to reevaluate if this thing you work so hard to change is still actually serving you. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the overall health and wellness of your body is always going to be important. But what that looks like, how that's played out, may vary over time. Maybe strength training becomes more of a priority than long hikes. But the days of sitting endlessly at your desk without taking measures to counteract to counteract that stress on your body are gone forever. That's what the termination refers to. Termination refers to the, the behavior we were denying back in the pre-contemplation stage. That, that thought process is not coming back anymore. So it's a termination of the possibility of that kind of a thought process. We no longer are ever going to believe that we don't need to take measures to counteract the stress of sitting endlessly. I hope that all made sense. So now that we have been through all that, what aspects of your life can you think of that are somewhere in this change cycle? So if you think about something you are currently trying to change, again, it's pretty hard to think of something that's in a pre-contemplation stage because generally we just don't have awareness of that as an issue. Um, but if anything that you are currently trying to change, where are you 
in the change cycle. And you might be in different places with different things that you're trying to change. So again, I'm going to go through um, pre-contemplation. Obviously, we don't even have awareness of that, but we might have awareness of that for someone else, right? We might be able to think of things other people are doing and from the outside say, oh yeah, they're, they're in pre-contemplation. For ourselves, we're either going to be in contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance, or we're done the cycle, or we might be in a relapse stage. Um, where was I? I kind of went off course with that, so let me just find back where I am in my notes. Yeah, okay, so those are the stages. Think about the um, stage of change that you might be in, and think about where you might be getting stuck. Is stuckness a part of your growth and learning process? Or can you do something to move yourself to the next stage? If you feel overwhelmed, always come back to your circle of control. Your thoughts, your values, your actions, things like that. So maybe we need to start with our belief about change. That could be something that we can all do. Because we always say, and I think I've probably even said in this podcast, change is not easy. Now, if we say that, if we accept that belief, are we just setting ourselves up for a self-fulfilling prophecy? What is it or how does it change if, if we start saying things like, change is a process of growth and self-discovery. Change is a journey and journeys take time. What if we think about change in those senses instead of just constantly telling ourselves change is not easy? Again, I hope this has been helpful. I'm going to try and link up to some visuals for this because I know sometimes I've been talking about these things. Sometimes it's really helpful to see a visual. So check in the show notes. I'm going to try and link up to some visuals that will help you put this in some perspective. If you have found this episode helpful, please share it, rate it, review it, all that good stuff. It does take a bit of effort to do that. So if you do take the time, honestly, I appreciate it. And the people that you help by making this podcast more visible, they also thank you. I am going to leave you with this. Wherever you are on your journey, you're still on. Keep riding.